And welcome everybody to the Comet Multiverse, where the worlds of nerds meet. Hey, hey, Matt, what, what are you doing doing the opening? Matt, I do the opening. Is this is this because I got a special guest host last week? Yeah, you've started a new podcast with him, and <laughs> you know you left me out of it, so I'm taking over. I'm the captain now. If it, if it makes you feel any better, Matt, that episode I did with Jason, I think might actually have been our least watched episode. Oh, really? Mm. By like a couple hundred, but yes, and I was trying to crunch the numbers on that one. I'm like, either people really love Matt, really hated the <laughs> thumbnail, or, and this is also possible too, because the Patreon has been going on so well, and because I've been putting this show up early on Patreon, maybe the most hardcore fans who listen and re-listen aren't listening to it here on YouTube and are instead listening to it over there. Yeah, on Podbean, yeah. Mm. Uh, I was going to say Patreon, not Podbean, but Matt let the cat out of the bag right there. It's official, everyone, as of today, as of your listening to this. Uh, the Comic Multiverse officially has a home. It will be in the description for this episode. It's even on the front page of my YouTube channel over on Cape Jewel. We are now live on Podbean. They have a very clean, very slick uh, user interface. I really liked it, so I got that happening. I re-uploaded all the old episodes, I figured the schedule I'm going to work out for, Matt, and you, and you can agree or disagree with me on this, uh, patrons will get it first as soon as we're done on, like, late Monday night. Uh, yep. Tuesday, I will upload the audio version to Podbean, and then finally Wednesday, 8 o'clock, as per usual, you can catch it there. That sounds good. Okay, that's the way we're going to do it then. So, of course, everyone, if you want to be the first to listen to the show, all you got to do is become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. You'll be helping me and Matt uh, bring this show to you in the quality that you have come to expect. And you'll be getting a bunch of cool side videos and stuff, too, along with that, for as little as a dollar a month. And, I mean, we wouldn't have been able to do this if not for the many great patrons who have already helped us out. I know I usually thank, uh, thank a new one because usually every week we have at least one or two new people to thank. We didn't have a new one this week, but we're up there to around $85, and that's pretty cool. So thank you, awesome. everyone who's already given. And uh, yeah. I, I guess with that, we can get into the show as we always do. How was your week, Matt? Uh, really, really, really busy. I know you were tweeting some pictures there. You got uh, your name down on some very official-looking paperwork. Yeah, it was really cool. I did that yesterday, and it was a lot of fun doing a TV show. A lot of stress, though, mm -hmm. <laughs> only because it was live TV. Um, so it's all you got to be on the ball and everything. And it, yeah, it was a lot of fun, though, a lot of fun. And then on the weekend, I went and helped out on one of the biggest sports events here in Australia. Kangaroo uh, so boxing. Really fun. Yep, kangaroo boxing. The, on the national, Fury Road. <laughs> the National Kangaroo Boxing Association. <laughs> Wait, is that and where the kangaroo, kangaroo wrestling and is that the where the kangaroos fight each other or where humans fight the kangaroos? Oh no, no, they 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 get a bunch of wrestlers, Australian wrestlers, to like go and fight the kangaroos. <laughs> so Thunderdome is what you're saying. One man, Basically. one kangaroo enter, but only one gets to leave. Yeah, it was big big stadium, and they enter on both ends, and then they and have Tina to fight Turner is up there for some reason. <laughs> what a lovely country you have, Matt. I will need to come and visit sometime. Uh, but, but but no, really, what, what were you doing? Uh, other than that, not really a lot. I had a lot of work to do, so I was mainly mm. doing that. And only in like the last two days, 
I've been sort of catching up on the week of TV I missed, and mm. like I got Uncharted Four. Oh, nice, nice. Playing through that, and yeah, I I got Bloodborne. I found a good deal on that. My local game shop was having a bunch of red red tag sales, and I said, you know what, Joel is going to decide to get good finally and catch the Soul Fever. And yeah, I know. Welcome to like two years ago. Am I right? I mean, that <laughs> one's already had its DLC, and people are already waiting for the sequel. Here's the thing. Uh, I beat Cleric Beast and Father Gascoigne, the first two bosses, on my first try, and I'm like, no one will believe me that I did this because I didn't film it. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> I, I can believe it, mainly because I did that as well. Here's my thing. Game. I totally cheated out and cheesed it. I'm like, okay, so uh, these were creatures don't like fire, huh? I'll have 20 Molotov cocktails, please, and I'll just stand back <laughs> and throw at them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, Vicar Amelia took me twice, is the thing, but I figured out, oh, I can summon in someone else to help me, and they can be a meat shield, and if I throw this numbing mist at her, then she can't heal. Perfect, I can cheese all these bosses. <laughs> Wait till you get, like, Dark Souls 3. I've been playing Dark Souls 3, mm. and it's, it's, another, it's another realm. I've, uh, I've been watching the two best friends play through that. They're already at Irithyll or whatever. They're, uh, they have a really interesting series. I think that's what pushed me over the edge where I'm like, you know, these guys make it look so fun. I want to get into this. It is pretty fun because I, I started playing with one of my friends and it's just a load of fun just to try and find the bosses and mm -hmm. you'll get invaded by a bunch of people and you'll have to kill them. A and phantom yeah, has invaded you. A lot of fun. A lot, lot of different builds you can rock and everything. There's a guy out there, Iron Pineapple, who does, like, joke builds. Like, he put on the spiked armor, and it was just him and three other people invading and continually rolling and rolling to cause damage. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, nice great. nice little plug for Iron Pineapple there. Uh, my, my week has basically just been podcast-related. Yeah. I was trying really hard to get the comic multiverse up there. And looking good. Oh, God, did I have a freaking credit card nightmare? Yeah. Because here's the thing. It's like, hey, you can get unlimited space for your podcast, only $9.99. I'm like, that's an excellent deal. I'll do that. Oh, did we say $9.99? What we meant was $9.99 for the whole year paid in one lump sum, so it ends up being like 108 something. Oh, oh, I hate when they do that. Yeah, it's like, or you can pay $14.99 a month, pay as you go. And I'm like, okay, fine, I'll do that then. And I'm like, well, you know, my the Patreon money went right to my PayPal, so I'll be sure to pay it right from there. Oh, sorry, yep. you actually need a credit card. And I'm like, oh, you mother. Mm. God so I was, damn it. So I was furious, and I sat there for a couple days. I'm like, well, fine, then maybe I don't want to use uh, Podbean, even though you and I spent all the time or making it look all nice and everything. You even did some cool art for it. And then I'm like, no, you know what I'll do? Because obviously I don't want to re use my real credit card and get that out there. I'll go buy one of those prepaid credit cards with my PayPal money, and I'll use that. So I bought two months right out of the gate. So there you go. Cool. That being said, once I actually did pay for it, you know, credit where credit is due for Podbean. Super, super fast, actually. And super easy oh, to use good. and super manageable. That's good. Yeah, that is good. So that's that's what I did. I've also been handling a bunch of other podcast work, trying to get that going. I had to actually sit down and learn some computer language for someone else. And I'm like, okay, I need to try this, but without breaking everything. <laughs> I just imagine, I'm like, okay, you can tell if Joel fucked up because everything will be on fire. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that guy in that little meme cartoon where it's like, this is fine. This is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can live with all this fire. It's fine. <laughs> just walk around it. Just walk around the fire. 
Uh, but uh, yes, we do actually have some news for you guys this week, and more importantly than that, because Matt is back and because people have had two weeks to see the movie, this will be our big Civil War spoiler cast. I I actually saw it twice. Is the thing, and I rarely I've do. seen it twice as well. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I actually got a chance to see it again. And I rarely jump at that opportunity, but I'm like, you know what? I need to see this again, and I also need to refresh myself because I'm going to be doing the show with Matt. So there you go. At the end of the show, instead of talking about what comics we read this week, we're going to talk about that. So don't feel spoiled if you haven't seen it yet, although honestly, looking at the domestic intake for that movie, I get the feeling a lot of you listening have seen the movie. (laughs) So there you go. And uh, with that, I guess we can hop into our first story of the week. And, uh, oh, here's one that just broke today, and one that kind of surprised the shit out of me. Apparently, a Harley Quinn solo mo- Oh, there's my dryer going off. A Harley Quinn solo movie is in the early stages of development right now at DC. Does that really surprise anyone? I guess it shouldn't. Like, I mean, for those who haven't been paying attention, Harley Quinn has become so much more than just the Joker's girlfriend in the last little bit. She has taken over the world in ways I never thought possible. She is literally a pillar now of the DC Universe, and the management at DC Comics has said as much. If you look at that big preview for DC Rebirth, they have Harley Quinn right there front and center next to the Justice League. Yep. She, she is just making money for them hand over fist, so obviously they want to push her. I mean, uh, early talk on Suicide Squad is that she's great and that she steals the show. And I mean, even for the trailers, you could kind of tell the interesting thing and the thing that I was not expecting. I don't know if you heard this too, Matt, but apparently the reason this movie kind of picked up steam the way it did is because Margot Robbie really fell in love with the character, really fell in love with the world, and she even hired a writer herself to write a solo movie to include not only her, but a bunch of other female characters from the DC Pantheon. Interesting. Yeah, so this one might have Huntress in it, it might have Black Canary and the Birds of Prey, it might have Dove from Hawk and Dove. Yeah, then again, we'll have to wait and see how Suicide Squad actually does. Yeah, because, I mean, I was going to say, really, you're already working on a Harley Quinn uh, standalone movie that seems like counting your eggs before they hatch. Oh, but it's the actress doing it. And it's just kind of picking up steam off the back of it. I mean, don't be surprised if it actually does happen and if it's a big hit. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm still kind of on the fence about Suicide Squad. It could go either way, it but could. yeah, I, I'd like to see a Harley Quinn movie. I I I am just you know shocked you know thinking all that time back. From, like, watching Batman the Animated Series, where the character first premiered as, like, the abused spouse of the Joker, to now think she has multiple of her own ongoing series, a starring yeah. role in a movie, and the chance to have her own movie. And it's like, by God, how times change. Yeah, it, it's certainly really strange. And, and even how they've changed the character around to, you know, uh, match the times and, you know, try and become more marketable than she was as just an abused henchwoman. I, I know you and I joked about this before, that DC superhero girl show where it's like all the DC heroines but they're in high school. And uh, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy are characters in that. Yeah. And they're heroes, and it's like, hey, wait a minute. They they don't seem like good role models for young girls. You know, a, <laughs> a, a, an abused woman of, you know, this, of like ultimately the worst boyfriend in the universe and an eco-terrorist. But if you've read them in the comics, they've tried really hard to soften them up and turn them more into anti-heroes. <laughs> and I mean, I guess it's work. I actually heard from someone the other day who was watching that DC superhero girl show. Apparently, it's not as horrible as I thought it was. Yeah. 
Here's someone. Here's something that they blew me away when they told me about. They're like, "Hey, Joel, guess what? Amanda Waller is the principal in that show." I'm like, "Fuck off." Really? <laughs> yeah, Amanda Waller is the principal, and Gorilla Grodd is the janitor. He's doing, like, some work release thing. I'm like, really? Gorilla Grodd is the janitor? <laughs> I'm like, that's weirdly actually kind of funny. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's that Harley Quinn movie. Like we said, could go either way. I mean, I don't hate the aspect, or I don't hate the prospect of a Harley Quinn movie. I mean, I'd see it. Yeah, I, I guess I would as well. I'd have to for work, so yeah. Totally. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, there's worse things. It just seems so funny that in a DC cinematic universe where they can't even get Superman right and can barely get Batman right, they're like, yeah, but Harley Quinn movie, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like you feel like a Harley Quinn movie is something you have to earn when you get the Justice League and everything else right, but they're like, no, 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 we're, we're just going to move ahead with this now. Yeah, it's something you do like, okay, we've done Superman, Batman, right, everyone loves that, let's move on to these characters. Yeah, it, it seems like you have your list out of order or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious that, like, the Suicide Squad does great, Harley Quinn does great, and they're like, you know what, we're not even going to make hero movies anymore. All our uh, movies Yeah, it's are gonna... just going to be a villain universe. There's not going to be any heroes at all. It's just... <laughs> All going to be about villains from now. And actually, speaking of which, there was a bit there I saw. It, it, it was an early note, but apparently we're going to be getting even more Suicide Squad comics uh, as we get closer to the movie. We already have Suicide Squad, Most Wanted, Deadshot, and Katana. Well, apparently that's getting a sequel book, uh, Suicide Squad, Most Wanted, uh, El Diablo, and Captain Boomerang. <laughs> It all makes sense, we would. Right, I mean, you, you want to flesh those characters out, you want to give them something to do. I'm actually super hyped to read a Captain Boomerang solo story, even if it is like a backup in another book. I always thought Digger Harkness was a fun character with an interesting history, and I don't think they've told his history in the New 52. No, I don't think they have. Yeah, his his history is really dark and messed up when uh, Jeff Johns reimagined it. I hope they keep that story. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, moving away from that to actually some sad news. I know you and I, Matt, we don't usually cover sad news on this show, but it was kind of hard not to mention that this one, and that is that beloved comic book artist and writer Darwin Cook passed away this week. Yeah, this was really sad. I heard about this while I was working, and I, I thought, like, first he announced that he had cancer and he was, like, fighting it and everything, and then mm. I found out that he died so I was thinking what the hell is going on yeah yeah there was there was a weird couple of couple of hours there in between the announcement that I, I think his wife took to like his personal social media feeds and said yeah he's been struggling with cancer and he's been admitted to the hospital and this that and the other thing only for a couple hours later to be like no well actually he passed away is the thing and I'm like wow that's that's horrible yeah that said yesterday I actually watched um the new front tier and read the comics and everything again god damn that was such a good book yeah that's that, that's his masterpiece justice league new frontier that not only did he write and draw but he also uh wrote the movie too so that's cool yeah it was really good R movie is like shot for shot remake of his comic basically yeah i mean it's probably one of the most faithful uh cook was of course a long-standing collaborator with jimmy palmiotti and amanda connor doing a yep. bunch of amazing variant covers he drew some heck stuff uh one of the one of the nicest things and perhaps the greatest tribute is that not long after his death, you know, they started a thing on Twitter where everyone basically shared their favorite panel and favorite cover by him. And honestly, there was millions and millions of posts and everyone was different because that's just how much amazing artwork this guy had done. Yeah, he had, he'd been in like every good book mm -hmm. from, for like ages. And they did Justice League, he did, as you said, Hex and everything. He did um, uh, Sergeant Rocket, G.I. Zombie. And yep. 
all these great books and, and even just like amazing variant covers you now he will he, he's a talent that will be sorely missed i i'm sad that i never got a chance to meet him i know he had been a, at a couple cons in my area and i never made the chance to go and see him because i'm like well darwin cook i can see him anytime he goes to all these things <laughs> and, and now i'll never get to and you know what that's that that's a lesson for everyone you know T- tell the people you love and tell the people you respect well you can because you might not have forever yeah. To, to quote Kanye, and I never thought I would quote Kanye, uh, no one ever gets to smell the flowers while they're alive. And I'm like, geez, man, that's kind of dark and yet weirdly <laughs> profound for you, Kanye. <laughs> and then Kanye followed that up by saying, yo, don't know I'm playing my ass. I'm not about that life. <laughs> yeah, but buy my pajamas, guys. <laughs> <laughs> buy, my paj- b- buy my $50 white shirts. Yeah, yeah, buy my garbage shirts. <laughs> yeah, really? Oh, <laughs> uh, jeez. From a sad topic to Kanye's ass and shirts, this this really is a comic multiverse episode, isn't it, Matt? It is. Uh, and uh, moving on to another piece of news, this was actually a big week for news across the board. Uh, the word came down, uh, it's that time of the year when uh, all the big networks talk about all the different shows that have been cancelled. And in a surprise twist, Agent Carter actually ended up getting the axe. Yeah, well, it was kind of like... Um scene because uh isn't Haley Atwell work, working on another TV show at the moment something like that she's busy and I know yeah. I know even though we enjoyed Agent Carter season 2 uh apparently the ratings just weren't there for that one yeah I would still like like I think it finished on a really good note and everything they, but um they definitely left the door open for a season 3 but I'm I'm not terribly bummed that it's not yeah, getting a season I, 3 I just hope that maybe Marvel maybe come back with like a one shot just to sort of wrap things up like Absolutely. a small like 10 minute one shot or at least at least give Peggy Carter a flashback in the main Agents of Shield show because I mean and as we're yeah. going to talk more about when we get into Civil War talk this week uh, I mean, they really, they it's like, we need some closure to this. We at least need to see how she formed uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. as an organization and the part she played in that. Because that's, yeah. that's the only thing we hadn't seen yet, and I could only assume that's what Season 3 would have been about had they gotten a chance. Yeah, to. yeah, her working with Howard and whatnot just to set up S.H.I.E.L.D., I guess. I mean, the, the Agent Carter show had some pretty amazing stuff. I mean, we got the Red Room experiments, we got Dr. Faustus, we got her fighting alongside the Howling Commandos and Madame Mask and all that other stuff. They got a lot done yeah. in just two seasons. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And I mean, uh, people were quick to say, you know, wow, is this is this the Marvel Cinematic Universe's first, like, out-and-out failure as a thing? And I'm like, yeah, you could look at it that way. But then again, stop and consider that this was only ever supposed to be, oh, excuse me, only ever supposed to be a miniseries. A miniseries that yeah. ended on an excellent note, and they never needed to do another one, but they did anyway. And it went from being, like, a miniseries to actually being a regular show, like a regular yeah, live show. Yeah. I- and I think people say that it's a favor because it was quote unquote cancelled. It technically wasn't cancelled. It was just not there at the right time because the star had gone off to do another show yeah. and couldn't work out the times and everything. So yeah, they couldn't bring it back. What was even more surprising, and what I guess you could even call a failure if you want to, is that ABC, the same network that canceled Agent Carter, passed on Shield Most Wanted. That was supposed to be the Bobby and Hunter spinoff show. That one blew me away that they just passed on that one. I'm like, really? Yeah, I was really kind of excited for this. I know a lot of people are like, oh, why are these characters getting a show? I'm like, it's fucking Mockingbird, and 
Hunter and they were, they were great in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They were two of the best characters, and they gave them one hell of a send-off, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, it was a great send-off. Th that's what hit me even harder, where it's like, wow, they spent so much time writing these characters off the show and giving them a hell of a send-off and concocting a good reason as to why they couldn't come back to S.H.I.E.L.D. only for ABC to pass on the show, and I'm like, wow, that sucks. I, again, like they could just do like a one-shot with called Most Wanted. Yeah, like an episode called Most Wanted. Heck, if I had my way, and I'm sure maybe they're even thinking about this, you know, for the next season of S.H.I.E.L.D., maybe work it around so Bobby and Hunter can come back. I think that's what they're going to have to do, or at least one of them is going to come back. Probably yeah. Mockingbird. Yeah, you would hope so. But yeah. Yeah, geez, I mean, th th this caused further theories and further, you know, uh, rumor milling going on, and that is that, you know, do, is ABC and Marvel Studios not getting along anymore <laughs> at this point, oh, or is it just, just weird Just because time? they, like, cancel a show, that doesn't mean that, that's like, TV networks do that all the time. I mean, I mean, geez, they also got rid of the Muppets, but it's not like, oh, or is ABC and Disney not getting along anymore? It's like, well, no, Disney owns them, so. Yeah, and they got rid of Castle, and... All these other shows and but, but hey, that are kind but, of Disney related. But hey, Castle's gone, which means Nathan Fillion is free to be Wonder Man in the MCU now. Yeah. Nathan well, Fillion. you know, he was teased in those Guardians of the Galaxy um, set photos. He sure was. Maybe now yeah. they can do something more with him than just a background character. Maybe he can become Wonder Man quicker now. Yeah, maybe he can come play old man Nathan Drake <laughs> oh, in the Uncharted film. That would be fun. I, I'd be all about that. I'm sure everyone would be all about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, continuing on in the realm of movies as we were, uh, Michael B. Jordan was announced uh, this week that he will be joining the cast of the solo Black Panther movie. Well, at least we will know he'll be in a successful superhero movie. Yeah, yeah, that's got to feel good for him, right? <laughs> that's got to make him feel real good. Man, Black Panther is getting an amazing cast. And obviously, of course, yeah. we'll, t we'll talk in depth about Black Panther when we get to our Civil War spoiler cast uh, portion of the show. But, geez, it seems just like all the cool actors are going there. Who, who do you think Jordan is going to play? Um, I'm not really too familiar with the whole, all of Black Panther's like characters and villains and whatnot, but... There were rumors that he was going to be playing a villain. Yeah, people people were quick to say Killmonger, actually, and I think that would actually be very interesting to see a younger take on Killmonger. That's that's my only thing, is that maybe he's a little too young for the role, but he could pull it off. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, th there was some other stuff, too, like I theorized. I'm like, ooh, wouldn't it be interesting to see him play White Wolf? Only, you know, they kind of twist it to be like, instead of White Wolf being uh, T'Challa's adopted brother... Uh, who was white, wouldn't it be interesting to turn it around to be like, oh, he's his adopted brother who is of a Wakanda, and now that their father is dead, he feels that he should rule, and we kind of have like a battle going on there. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. We could get another really cool Ryan Coolidge uh, um, boxing fight yeah. like from Creed. Yeah, yeah, do that, yeah. W with the cam where it swoops around and everything, yeah. that's an amazing show. You feel like you're in it. Yeah. You feel like you're in the ring. Man, Creed was good. It was. It was so good. And, uh, hey, from, you know, one thing to another, because uh, these stories are kind of linked now. Uh, hey, Matt, remember that Fantastic Four movie that Michael B. Jordan was in that was terrible? Yeah, I, 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 also, I also try and forget it. It's, it's on Netflix right now, everyone. So if you're having trouble sleeping, I say put that one on. <laughs> Fan four stick better than ambient, says Joel of the comic multiverse. <laughs> raves Joel of the comic multiverse. But now you would assume that if Michael B. Jordan is getting another superhero franchise under his belt, 
then that means that this series is dead. Only later in the week, or earlier in the week, I should say, this, the, that last story came before, Simon Kingberg, uh, in an interview, said that he was still very much committed to a Fantastic Four movie sequel, <laughs> saying, you know, with a cast like this, we'd be silly not to do it. Well, he sort of has to say that because he was the one who was sort of, he was like one of the main producers on the, the Fan Four Stick movie. Mm-hmm. So he kind of has to say that he can't really admit that it was a failure. He's the man with the most egg on his face. Yeah. So, yeah. And he even, like, when he was talking about the, the movie when it came out, like, he never really admitted that it was a failure either. Even though everyone else did and Fox took it off its rota- rotation and the Fantastic Four got taken out yeah. of the promotional material for other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's like Simon Kingbird, the last person in the world who actually wants to see a Fantastic Four sequel. Yeah, I I, I, I still think like he should like just get out of the X Men and just go sit in the Lucasfilm uh, room where all the people are making all the Star Wars films because he's like producer on like Rogue One and like oh, yeah. all those shows and oh, everything. He's, so he's like he's a powerful go, man for sure. You should just go sit and do them. They've been more successful than any of the X-Men films. He's or a powerful man who's been involved with a lot of great movies, which blows me away that he's still just latching on to fan four stick. <laughs> and he's like, no, we're going to make it. It's going to be great. It's, why don't you believe it's going to be great? <laughs> it's going to happen. And all of his friends are just like, Simon, Simon, we're, we're starting to worry about you. <laughs> did you. Did you hit your head? Did you eat some bad shellfish? <laughs> It's gonna happen. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. No, Michael B. Jordan didn't leave. It's gonna be great. He's he's the Human Torch, and he'll always be the Human Torch. There's no two ways around it. Why don't you believe me? Oh, poor poor guy. And uh, rounding out the news this week, uh, this is something I'm sure people would be interested in, even though it was kind of a foregone conclusion. And that is, hey, shockingly, not shockingly, the Supergirl show for its next season is going to be making the move to the CW. I think this is going to kill the show. Do you really? Well, I mean, for the most part, moving networks never does do well for a show. But I, I personally think making it part of like the DC superhero block might actually be good for it. Well, when I say kill the show, I think it's going to like basically just reduce it to what Arrow is at the moment. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, you would figure switching networks would also come with a major budget cut, and that's what everyone's afraid of. That's what. That's apparently like the whole reason it moved to CW because like when what what channel was it on NBC or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. It had like a massive budget of like it was like three million dollars an episode or something. Ooh. So yeah, um, they didn't. I guess want to go with that, and you know, there's the old saying was you got to spend money to make money. It's true. So yeah, and, uh, I, the 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 special effects in uh, when it was on NBC were okay yeah. for the most part, but and. It started getting a little bit better towards the end and everything. Once they learned but, the tech. Yeah, once they sort of started getting into it. But yeah, I think now it's just going to turn into teen dribble. Well, I mean, some, some would argue that's what it always was, so it might actually be a better fit for CW. My question, I'm sure what people are all asking, is that now it's officially on CW. Does that mean more crossover potential than ever before? Oh, of course. Do you think if they were smart, what they do is okay, guys? It's a three-part, like week-long storyline that starts on Arrow, then Flash, then Supergirl to close down. You got to watch all three episodes. Oh, and I guess Legends of Tomorrow in there too. But fuck Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, no, that that doesn't count. That's you know they're busy 
breaking time travel rules. Man, so. man, did you did you hear what happened in the last episode of Legends? I'm guessing you don't watch it, but do you hear? Did you hear what happened? No, I haven't watched since like episode nine. <laughs> You've you didn't really miss. They they had a great episode before this one where I'm like, man, that was actually really strong. I'm really into that. And then they totally screw the pooch in the last episode in the worst way possible. They basically ha they basically have the time master. They they have a Doctor Who come down and say, "Oh yeah, everything you did over the last 14 episodes, none of it actually mattered because we've been manipulating you all along." <laughs> so all those time you screwed up and did horrible things that made no sense. Yeah, that was that was us that did it. Yep. We yep, that's that's yep. That, we did it. That's like a that's like a mid-season finale. Yeah, sort it, of thing. it pretty much was, and it's the dumbest, like, it kneecapped the entire episode. Even though that episode had lots of cool shit happening in it, the second they dropped this bomb, I'm like, okay, so you just retconned your entire series, you hit the reset button, and you hoped none of the audience would notice. Yeah, well, don't they, like, kind of do that anyway? They always play fast and loose with the time travel rules in every episode, so yeah. This is the most insulting and the most egregious in my mind. Yeah, and, and then I won't spoil it for those who haven't seen it. But then they kill off who is arguably the most popular, most likable character. Oh, Captain Cold! After, I wasn't going to spoil it. Matt did it. Everyone. Oh, yeah, really? It's Captain Cold. Yep, they did. <laughs> but then because Why Ray Palmer die, like it was come on, it was supposed to be him. Actually, Captain Cold got in the way and sacrificed oh, himself. Really? Oh, yes. so he he had his hero moment. He had his hero moment, and it's so dumb. That they're like, yep, we killed him off, he's dead, and then the fans rioted as they often did, me being one of them, only for Greg Berlanti to come out and go, maybe he's not really dead, though, because time and like the universe and the way, and yeah, yeah, we, we promise he'll be back on Flash, because you all really want to see the Rogue's Rebellion, so we, we'll do that at some point, you know, but we love Wentworth Miller very much, and Wentworth Miller is very committed to the, please stop yelling at us. Yeah, he's very committed, but he has to go film Prison Break now, so he has to leave. And... <laughs> Here's my pitch. You know what they got to do? You remember Search for Spock, where they had to find Spock's Katra or whatever? They had to fly yeah. around and look for that. You need a whole arc called Search for Snart, where it's just the crew of the Wave Rider looking for Snart's Katra. Yeah, he, he, like, he like put his consciousness in Ray Palmer or something. Something and... stupid <laughs> like that. It, then it's like, look, we got to find him and get him back. Yeah, just as long as like, there is this shit getting a season two? I think I think it is. I don't think they've announced it, but I think it's a foregone conclusion. Oh, that budget's gonna, just gonna crash because in the first season budget like skyrocket as well because of all the all the um special effects. special effects and and every every other episode is a firestorm episode. Yeah, they, uh, they had a space battle in this episode, and I'm like, wow, that looks really expensive. Like you you just ate up your entire budget in that three seconds, didn't you? <laughs> Also, like, was it last week's episode or the week before that where they tried to, like, do a giant man sort of thing? Yes, we week before that they had, a, they had like, a giant kaiju fight with the Atom, yes. Yeah, that, that, that wouldn't have cost, you know, much. <laughs> that also looked incredibly expensive. I'm like, guys, you could have had the exact same effect if you had just gotten guys in costumes and models. Yeah, that's what I've been seeing from everyone because I, like, saw pictures of that and everyone's like, why didn't you just use, like like camera angles and miniatures and stuff and it would have given like a nice little thing in the show as well because computers like, like power rangers and yeah 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 because yeah. computers matt we gotta use the computers <laughs> oh speaking of power rangers you weren't here so we didn't get to talk about what do you think of the power rangers costumes oh you mean the mass effect um 
costumes. See, I called them the Iron Legion, and I was bitching to Jason that they looked way too much like Iron Man because they all have big, yeah. huge, pronounced arc reactor blue chess pieces for some reason. That's the problem now. From now on, from like 2008 on, everything's going to be compared to Iron Man. Everything is Iron Man. Now, that being said... The, th the thing is, like, the designers are actually going that way anyway. They're like, yeah, we're going to make it Iron Man because that was successful. Hey, you know what? Pat on the back to Iron Man and the design team for the movie. You created a costume so iconic, everyone is still ripping you off. <laughs> yeah. Even in situations when they probably shouldn't be ripping you off. And like, like I told Jason and I told the people who listened last week, and I'll tell you too, they look exactly like how I thought they were going to look. I'm not, yeah, I'm not yeah. angry, but I'm not happy either. Yeah, you just disappointed. I feel, I feel nothing. They elicited no reaction out of me. Yeah. Also, this is a big budget movie. They look kind of cheap. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Here's, here's hoping they make up on it with good robot design or good monster design. Oh god, the robots. Please do them in men in suit with cardboard around him. No, and... they're going to be Transformers. They're going to pilot big, yeah. ugly Transformers where you can't tell what's what. Yep. M Mark and it, it's not going to be colored either. It's going to have like, you know how like in like Transformers how it kind of looks like Optimus Prime? But not really. But it's not. It's like really dull colors. It's going to have that. That kind of looks like the T-Rex Zord, but not really. <laughs> yeah. But not really, though. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess we're about, we're a little over 30 minutes in now after talking about that. Uh, I guess we can get to the Civil War discussion. I've already done one on another show, so I'm sure people will know what I think. I'm going to let you talk first, Matt. I'm going to let you uh, say what you got to say. Yeah, so I, I did my review. You can go check it out on my channel. Please do. Um, but I thought the movie was pretty damn awesome. Yeah, it sure was. Pretty, pretty awesome. They did a really good job of balancing every single character like almost every character if not every character it's, it's almost got a moment a, it's almost a freaking miracle because up until now what was like the the quote unquote uh like smart knowledge that it's like oh well if you put too many heroes or too many villains in your superhero movie it won't make any sense it'll be a jumbled mess here they juggle it all brilliantly and perfectly and dare i say it much like a comic book because you have this established world characters can come in and out fulfill their purpose and then leave and you'd never you don't have to wonder what's happening with them because it's like oh i'll just check in with them again in their next movie yeah and th and this comes from like the russos doing tv and like they've done mm. like obviously arrested development community they had big casts as well and big like arguably famous casts oh, as yeah. well and they had to obviously balance them out as well so they they've had experience oh, doing yeah. that you know, I never thought of it that way, but you're right. The Russo's TV background probably helped them out immensely in yeah. juggling an ensemble cast like this. Uh, I mean, just, you know, so much cool stuff going on. It's so much to talk about. Thematically, there's a lot going on in this movie. It's like, yes, the Civil War is all about the heroes fighting, but what they're fighting about isn't what they're really mad about. And I think that's quite interesting, where it's Tony... Yeah is obviously being motivated into his kind of shitty actions by shame and by guilt and in a backwards sort of way hoping that, well, maybe maybe if I seem to be more mature and take an interest in what's going on, maybe Pepper will come back to me because I'm sad that she left me. Yeah. 
And that's really tragic, too. Which, obviously, I'm sure the reason they didn't include her in the movie is because they didn't want to pay the actress's salary again for her to show up. But I think they were really smart about that by saying, hey, remember when Tony became, uh, you know, quit being Iron Man in Iron Man 3 only to pick up the suit again instantly in Age of Ultron? Well, yeah, that had ramifications on his real yeah. life, and she fucking left him because he lied. Yeah, that, that conversation he has with Steve in that little office about it is really great. It's heartbreaking. Where he sort of mentions that was like, yeah, I trashed all my suits and then Ultron happened and we'll clean up Hydra and it all just sort of built and came to a head with Pepper leaving. It's, it's really tragic and yet, you know, it's so in character for Tony Stark because here's a guy who in the comics always battled with drinking and dependency and everything. It's like being Iron Man is a new addiction for him. Like, it's as unhealthy as drinking was. Yeah, and we also got like, uh, more backstory for him about like why he did all that drinking and stuff because of his parents' death, yeah. which was like a big part of this movie. We got to see them and a really cool uh, de-aged Tony Stark. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Cool. Which kind of looked like him from Less Than Zero, which made me wonder, did they just scan him from Less Than that, Zero and put him in this? I actually read an article yesterday where they actually used that movie as reference because that, that would have been about the year the movie that movie came out would have been 91, when yeah. that scene was set. So they used, they actually had Robert Downey do that scene as old Robert Downey Jr. And then, like, uh, did all the special wizardry on him. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how far we've come with de-aging shit, right? Oh, it looks so, like, this, and then there was, like, Hank Pym. In oh, the God, yeah. Yeah. I, I swear to God, at the Disney Marvel offices, they just have, like, the fountain of youth in their offices. And, like, okay, you, you get in for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> they go, they they've got that that old knight from the last crusade ah. and he's there with the cup and <laughs> you you get one sip off it just to do this scene that it'll wear off. <laughs> uh, got, remember when like I remember the first time like I saw that crazy de-aging stuff it was freaking uh, uh Patrick Stewart for like X-Men Origins Wolverine you're like oh god oh, he god. looks plasticky and horrible. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like a Well, insane that budget. that movie never really had a good budget or like no. effects team or anything. So, yeah. No, it didn't. But it's funny to think that, you know, we've mastered that now. And again, too, uh, back to the thematic stuff. You know, that's, that's what drives Tony to do what he did in the movie. And Steve is being equally as destructive here because he is refusing to let his friend Bucky go because he's, you know, the last connection to his past, the last connection to the life that he remembers because Peggy died. And now he slowly is starting to feel that much more alone in the world that scene when when he finds out peggy died was actually really cool how he goes down in the stairwell and actually cries oh yeah and and then when you see him like carrying the coffin he has tears in his eyes and i think that was like the first time we've seen captain america cry i think so too it's like man chris chris evans hard to believe that he was the original human torch and he was in that shitty the losers movie he's yeah. become quite an actor in his time as captain america hasn't he yeah it's really i guess grown him and everything yeah, he, he does some interesting stuff. Also, uh, talking about the funeral while, while we're at it, how cool was it that they took Captain America's speech from the Civil War comic and they gave it to Peggy as something that she's saying like, from beyond the grave? I, I actually um, said that in my review, and I thought that was really great since it add, added like, motivation to Steve as well. Like, if Steve said it, it wouldn't have... It would have felt out of place, if, like, if where in the movie it. would he have said it? Exactly, and if he did say it in the movie, he would have sounded really douchey, and you wouldn't have liked yeah. him if he had said it like he did in the comic. But the movie was filled with actual, a bunch of references to the comic that I was yeah. not expecting. Uh, 
friggin' uh, the, the mother who guilt trips Tony early on. Yep, that's right from the comic, too. They changed it around, but the sentiment is still there. Yeah, yeah, it is really great. And, and I like it, too. The lady only showed up once, unlike in the comic when that lady kept showing up. And it's like, lady, how do you keep getting past security? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she just kept showing up there and then, like, TV and everything. And yeah. she, she was basically, like, trying to be his Jiminy Cricket, but it got really annoying by the end. It's like, Tony, you should feel bad about yourself. My son died. You should feel bad. Dead <laughs> kids. And Tony's like, oh, my God, I already feel bad enough, lady. I've started a civil war. <laughs> Leave me alone. Uh, e- e- even how they kind of retrofit the explosion from the comic, of course. In the original Civil War, it was a bus full of children that were blown up by Nitro because they were fighting the shitty new warriors. Here, it's the admittedly the youngest and most untrained of the Avengers, Scarlet Witch, who does it by trying to stop Crossbones from blowing up. I like how they kept the sentiment of that scene in there. Like, this could have happened to anybody, but it happened to her. Yeah, yeah, the the untrained one. The untrained, arguably the most powerful one, and holy shit, man, did Scarlet Witch in this movie ever act like Scarlet Witch from the comics? Yeah, it was great. I I loved seeing scenes with her in it. She uh, she and uh, friggin' Captain America did the fastball special. Wasn't that amazing? <laughs> that was so cool. It's like quick fling me into the building. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that that whole opening montage where it was like Cap fighting with his new team was really great. Uh, Falcon Falcon has Red Wing now. Yeah, he has, and it's like a little drone. It's a little and drone. How clever! It's so cool. How clever is that? Uh, I thought Frank Grillo, for what little of we saw him, was awesome at Crossbones as Crossbones, and I was really bummed when they killed him. I'm like, no, let him stay. Yeah, I kind of hoped that he would have gotten maybe a couple more scenes in the movie and everything, but yeah, it's like, come on, guys, you, d- you 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 build a supervillain prison in this movie. You need put him in there, but then again, I guess they needed that because it's like, look, the heroes weren't. Responsible responsible for the explosion a villain did it and they just made a mistake while trying to contain said explosion yeah well yeah again and it's sort of like the 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 one in civil war when nitro explodes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and yeah he's sort of acting as the nitro in this situation my only hope is that maybe if they do introduce sin down the line the uh daughter of red skull which man what a great villain she would be if they ever did another captain america i'm hoping she like tries to resurrect uh crossbones with like evil magic or some shit just just to get him back because we need him i like him too much (laughs) yeah yeah frank grillo is great he's great uh the costume is great i love that it's just like a world war ii hydra costume that they repainted with skull and bones yeah, yeah, and he's got, like, those big gloves that, like, punch stuff really hard. Pneumatic and punching fist, which I guess they kind of need for the movie universe, because in the comics, when you see Crossbones, who is just a normal guy, fighting Captain America, you're like, yeah, of course he can. But in the movies, too many people, I'm sure, would ask questions. Where it's like, hey, how can that normal guy fight super soldier serum Captain America? And you're like, yeah, I guess it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, Captain America just kicked a car at a guy, so how's this guy, like... Going shot for shot with him. Because it's like in comics we have a thing that is widely accepted by fans called badass normal. Where it's like the Punisher is badass normal. Which means he can go toe to toe with anyone, even people he shouldn't do. Crossbones is badass normal. He can go toe to toe with people even he shouldn't. Black Widow, perfect example of badass normal who can go toe to toe with anyone even when maybe she shouldn't. Yep. And how great was she in this movie? The Russos write the best Black Widow stuff, don't they? Yeah, they write the best, like, everything. Every character in this, like, was so much better than, like, the other versions of them in the other movies. Some, uh, it was so great. S- someone I saw the movie with the second time pointed out to me, it's like, did they, did they change uh, Black Widow's stunt woman 
for this movie because she seems to hit way harder than she does in all those other movies. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I know, like, the stunt woman that, that was in this movie was one of the um the other Winter Soldiers oh, in those oh. flashback scenes. It was the oh, woman one, but cool. yeah. Yeah, I don't know whether they did change them. I don't think they would, mainly because, like, you develop a relationship with that stunt double I and guess, yeah. everything. I, I, yeah. I mean, heck, they're making you look good, right? So you want yeah, to take yeah. care of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they do so much great work with Black Widow from, like, Winter Soldier to this one, where they make her so key to that final moment in the end where she she's almost the Spider-Man character, where it's like, yeah, I was on Iron Man's team, but then I switched at the end. Yeah, I yeah. The thing is, like, I don't think she was ever on one team. No, she I think was. She was just always on the fence and just sort of like, oh, what if I did go this way? And oh, that that happened. I'm going there. I'm going to go shoot Black Panther a bunch of times. She and... she was the ultimate double agent. And oh, see, you brought it up. Now we got to talk about it. How friggin' cool was Black Panther? Oh, oh, perfect. I like they set a precedent where it's like he's richer than Iron Man, can run as fast as Captain America, and can fight as good as Winter Soldier. Yeah, and and also the the introduction of Black Panther and to an extent the Wakandans was really kind of smooth as well, since that was Organic. sort of what set up the Civil War sort of thing. Because when Wanda blew up Crossbones, it also blew up a Wakandan aid center yep. in a building, and that's what sort of brought Wakanda in. Super, super organic feeling. Chadwick Boseman just owns the role from the second he opens his mouth. And this is a character that could easily have been super silly if they didn't play him right. Because he dresses like a cat and they give him like a coming to America accent. And yet he sounds super regal and super cool. And you buy that he loves his dad. And he really has like a, he's kind of like the third or fourth most important character in the movie. Because he has like an arc from the beginning to the end. Yeah, this isn't just like some cameo, just like, come check out my movie in a couple of years. He's like an actual character who has a beginning, middle, and end character arc and everything. Oh, God, yeah. They basically do what I assumed the first act of a Black Panther movie would be here in yeah. this movie. Yeah. How, how sweet are his claws, though? His, like, retractable claws. Oh, yeah, the vibranium claws are so all, awesome. All I could think there is, like, they have a big moment where he shows off the claws, and I imagine that's, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe going, like, Wolverine who? <laughs> who's, who, 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 who's Wolverine? All, all we know is Black Panther is great. Yeah, also, apparently Ryan Coolidge had, like, some input on like how he would fight and be like everything. Oh. So, so I guess we've got sort of like a little taste of like what he's going to be bringing to the movie, the solo movie in a couple of years. So that's, that's I'm awesome. really excited. You know what my favorite move was he does when he fights Hawkeye, he does that great, oh, you knocked me down, but boom, I jumped back up to my feet instantly. <laughs> yeah, I like that fight with, with Hawkeye in, in the airport where he's like, I am Hawkeye, I'm Clint. And he's like, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what he would say. Black Panther gives zero fucks. The costume has no pockets for him to keep his fucks in. <laughs> he leaves them back at the temple, where he, at the necropolis. Back, back at the temple of the Black Panther. Oh, sorry, I left all my fucks in Wakanda. Come at me, bro. <laughs> it's also great, too, because it's like, yeah, he's a vigilante and a superhero, but he also has diplomatic immunity, so you can't do shit to yeah. Black Panther. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he he was great too because he represented the other great theme I found in this 
this movie, and that is people with the inability to let stuff go. Like I already said, Steve can't let Bucky go. Iron Man thinks he let everything go. Heck, he builds a machine in the beginning of the movie to try and help him work through his parental issues and let that go, only for it to come back in a huge way at the end of the movie. Black Panther wants to avenge his father, and he can't let that go. Zemo can't let the death of his family go, but it's only in the end does Black Panther truly decide to be a hero and show mercy when he sees himself reflected in the villain's actions. Yeah, that that scene with him and Zemo in the snow was so good, especially like how Chadwick Boseman was playing. He was like almost on tears because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he was seeing like himself become like Zemo and the other guys. It's and a beautiful moment, yeah. His lines as well are really cool. He's like, rage has consumed him and it's consuming them and he doesn't want it to consume him. Everything is perfect, he says, where, you know, I, I want to go see my family. I want to be dead. The living are not done with you yet. Yeah. <laughs> Every line is perfect, and that's so Black Panther. It's like, I rarely open my mouth, but when I do, I say the coolest shit. Yeah, it's, so, it's got me so hyped for his movie. Oh, that one's going to be so good. It's like, you know, don't worry to, when Bla- uh, Black Widow's talking to him. Don't worry, T'Challa. You know, we'll, we'll find the man who did this. You have my word. No, I will kill him myself. <laughs> oh, what a badass dude. We're, we're this deep in, and we haven't even talked about Spider-Man yet. Oh. Uh, I, I, I wasn't really expecting... Not- didn't really know what they were going to do with Spider-Man. Like, I knew he was in the movie, and I just thought, oh, he's probably just going to turn up and everything. But Spider-Man and Peter Parker and Aunt May and all that had a good ten minutes. They get a short film, movie. basically, within yeah. this movie. <laughs> yeah, like when we cut to Queens, um, and we see Peter Parker returning with an old DVD player to his house. I love that they made him poor. I think that's so yeah. great that they made Peter Parker poor as shit. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, uh. from, from the second Tom Holland opened his mouth, I'm like, I'm going to like you. I can already tell. The, <laughs> the fact that they have a Spider-Man who talks with a Queen accent, like a Spider-Man who actually sounds like he's from New York. Yeah, that, that's great. That's beautiful. I, I think that's so great. I love that he dumpster dives. I love that he tinkers. I love that he's poor. It's the little things that sell it, you know? Yeah, and also in in the scene where Tony's talking with him in his room where, where Tony asks why he does it and he sort of he, he doesn't say obviously with great power he gets close to it he gets close to it and i like what he says where he's like i've wanted to play football and i couldn't then and i can now I but i now. shouldn't and That's i thought that was really great so wonderfully peter parker this kind of self-hating self-defeating streak that he has sometimes that kind of makes him so compelling yeah and also his kind of, you know, I don't want to abuse my powers. No, I don't want to let them change me. I thought was, you know, really well done. It's a short scene, but it's super poignant. Also, how great was it that they lampshade the fact that Marissa Tomei is Aunt May and she's, like, stupid hot? Oh, that's great. <laughs> Tony, Tony's like, I, I might be fucking your aunt later. I don't know. I mean, I might come <laughs> back later and have some sex with her and you're just going to have to deal with that. <laughs> I mean, I'm rich and I have Robert Downey Jr. good looks, so like, I, I might, I might be your step uncle now. Is all I'm saying. Oh well, he is going to be in the Spider-Man Homecoming movie. I, I love, I love if that is like his whole reason to be in the movie. He's like not actually in the movie to help Peter. He's like, hey, Peter, I'm coming to date your aunt. <laughs> Pepper left me, so you know, need to find <laughs> someone new. He's just hanging around Peter's apartment. <laughs> He's calling him on the Avengers line. Hey, hey, has your aunt asked about me? Is your aunt, you know, talking about me at all? God damn it, Tony, stop calling. You need help, man. You need help. 
uh, freaking Ant-Man, who I, I don't know if it, your theater was the same thing, but all the little kids in my theater lost their shit at Ant-Man when he showed up. Yeah, yeah, I heard like a lot of people saying, hey, it's Ant-Man. And, like when just Paul Rudd turned up, so it just shows you that even outside the costume, they know who he is. I know, which I think is so wonderful. And he gets a great arc in this too. My favorite uh, line is when Tony, or uh, when Steve says, you know, if you're joining us, you know, you're going to be a fugitive from the law. And Ant-Man's like, yeah, of course. What else is yeah, new? That, yeah, what else is new? What else is new? Which, uh, another subtle thing that I dug about that, and when it comes to building the fight, the big airport fight that obviously all of this is, is leading to Steve recruited Ant-Man to go fight Winter Soldiers not to fight Iron Man he got he got roped yeah. into that he he wanted no part of that but had to defend himself once the fight started yeah and also too having rewatched the movie not too long ago they actually do settle that classic issue of superhero fights and that is well why do they never talk to each other they do talk to each other the fact is neither side is listening because they're both so pig-headed at this point because they all have all this shame and drama and all this other stuff wrapped up into it. And even by the end of the movie, once it's been revealed, ha ha ha, it was me, Baron Zemo, who was pulling the strings all along. It was me, I was manipulating you because I hate you guys and I want to destroy you from the inside out. Even when that gets revealed, none of it ultimately affected the team that much because all that hurt and pain had finally come out of them and they just couldn't put it back in. Yeah, yeah, like at the end when Tony is shown his parents being murdered in that video, like nothing was going to stop him after that. And and you can't fault him. It's like, yeah, yeah, that, that fight's got to start now. You, there's no way you're not having this fight now. Yeah, yeah, like like Steve during that part, he was like just trying to stop Tony from killing Bucky. And, and, and Steve was like telling him to get out of the way and everything so he can do it and everything. And then I guess Steve just went, well, fuck it. Yeah, and just started fighting him. It's it's on now, and and it's heartbreaking, and it's sad, and you don't want them to fight, is the thing. But you know they got to, and I like how they sell that idea of that when heroes fight, nobody wins. I mean, the worst injury of the movie is when Rhodes gets shot by Vision, a guy on his own team by accident. It's friendly fire that fucks him up. Yeah, yeah, and he cripples him. Cripples him. Yeah, well, Marvel Universe cripples him, so he can still walk, just not good. Yeah, he walks with the like, the Iron Man leg things. And the fact, too, that, you know, it was uh, Falcon who was flying after him there. Falcon stops doing what he was doing to try and go and help Rhodes when he fell. I thought that was so interesting, too. I'm like, yeah, see, even when they're fighting, they're still heroes. Yeah, and uh, again, it's, it goes back to a line that was that um, I think Wanda said where, where, they were, where Clint was pulling his punches, and that's really what they were doing the whole fight. They weren't trying to kill each other. They were just trying to just... Stop, stop each, each other, other from yeah. fight, fighting. And, and even with pulled punches, that airport fight, easily the best super-powered super fight we've gotten in a movie to date. Oh, it's it was amazing. It's going to be very, very hard to top that one. Yeah, it was a good 17-minute fight mm-hmm. as well. With multiple characters, multiple powers, multiple stories going on, and yet all of it is balanced perfectly. No one feels like they got buried. No one felt useless. Everyone had something to do. And then once that's done, everyone graciously steps aside and lets Captain America have the finale of his own movie, which I thought yeah. was, you know, it's so simple, and yet you're like, wow, they did it. Yeah, yeah, that was like another thing. Like before this movie, everyone was like complaining that Iron Man was going to be in it. But like, truthfully, we don't actually get to see an Iron Man armor until that airport fight. Yeah, they make before it work that. For it. It's just it's just Tony Stark in a suit trying to convince 
Steve to sign these accords, and then the rest of the movie is just all about Steve. Yeah, and I mean, you know, like the actual fight itself, like like the moral argument of you know, should we should we work with the government? Should we remain independent? You know what it reminded me of on my second viewing, actually, and I I could be totally stuck up my own ass. I could totally be reading way too much into this. It reminded me a lot of like the Comics Code Authority in the early days where it's like, look, if we don't step in to regulate ourselves and regulate comics, the government will start doing it for us. That's what it kind of reminded me of in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's, that's kind of what it got for me. And, you know, it's again, I, both guys have really good arguments in the thing, you know, why they would be for it and why they would be against it. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they never really as well say that one side is right. Yeah, it's Captain America's movie, and they don't even say that his team is ultimately the right one. Yeah, and it's great because they do it as, in a way that you say, well, well, like, this, I agree with Iron Man at this point, and then something happens, and you're like, no, fuck him, the, Captain America's right, but no, Iron Man's right, but Captain America's right, well, both sides aren't right. Yeah, that's the, you know, that's what I took away from it. I know some people say, you know, I went in this movie as Team Cap, but I went out Iron Man, or I went in as Iron Man and came out as Cap. I think at the end of the day, the genius part of the movie is that they're both doing the right thing, but for totally wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and both really kind of selfish reasons as well. Yeah, that both were way too close to this, actually, and everybody suffered because of it. And now the Avengers team is completely fractured moving into the future. Yeah. What uh, what, what about Zemo? Because we haven't talked about this. I assumed, I really assumed, and I even mentioned this in my review, that people were going to lose their shit about this new movie version of Baron Zemo in the same way people lost their shit over the Mandarin. They didn't, actually. People accepted it, weirdly enough. Yeah, well, I think he's perfect. Yeah, I he's mean, absolutely perfect. He makes well, like, a lot it's, of sense. It's kind of a bit silly to do like the Baron Zemo with the you know the red uh, the red purple sock on his face. Yeah, you know, with the sword, Captain America, welcome to yeah. die. Like they like they they still kind of did that in that he's like Sokovian and he's like special forces and everything. So mm. I, I think they like I I had a suggestion that like maybe if they do like the sock thing, they could make it some sort of that 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 shield holographic Ooh. tech that they had in. Uh, Agents of Shield and the Winter Soldier, nice, like he, because nice. he he got all the Shield files, so like that was like a piece of technology he cracked from them or something. Yeah, he, uh, he was a face changer, as we saw there. He made himself yeah, look exactly. like Bucky, so he's clearly a master of disguise. Yeah, and he didn't die, so he's coming back. No, which I liked, and you know, here, here's my pitch for that. So you know, we have Thunderbolt Ross, who is also in the movie, and man alive, did I think Thunderbolt Ross was going to be revealed to be a villain at some point, but he didn't. Yeah. I, I'm thinking maybe Thunderbolt Ross is, look, we couldn't get the Avengers to sign the Accords. I want to start my own government team of superpowered individuals to help defend our, you know, w- what we want to be defended. And we're going to call them the Thunderbolts. And, hey, yeah. Zemo, you're a special forces guy, aren't you? You're under our jurisdiction. How would you like to use your powers and skills to form a team with us? Yeah, yeah. Like he comes to him and says, like, look, these Avengers, you know, they didn't do good you know they didn't follow if, if, you, our if orders. you hate them so much how about you sh- uh, outshine them yeah 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 how about you make an avengers team yourself yeah one that, that that will be better and everything that would be interesting and you know what? you could even do it the way they did in the comics where it's like you know i'm i'm baron zemo and these are my original thunderbolts like atlas and moonstone and fixer and everything and it's like and now we're gonna be better avengers than the avengers yeah and also um we had everett ross in the movie as well um I don't really know a lot about that character, do you? 
uh, the, the name sounds familiar. I know so th- th- that's the guy that uh, that Bilbo plays. That uh, yeah, that yeah. Uh, the I think he's Watson related plays. to like Black Panther and everything. Like I think he's going to be in the Black Panther movie or something. Right. But I, I keep hoping that oh maybe this guy might be like um, Red Skull or something. Mm, wouldn't that be some shit? Because if you remember from the Brubaker run, which this uh, movie and Winter Soldier borrowed a lot of from. Uh, you eventually found out that the Red Skull was living in the mind of uh, Alexander Lukin, the, uh, the the crazy Russian guy. Yeah. How funny is it, too, this movie had two guys named Ross? Yeah, it was really weird. I've, and, and you know what? What I've never once heard since seeing the movie, I've never once heard anyone say, like, are these two characters related? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never once heard that, which is something that you would think would happen, but it hasn't. That's that's funny. That's way too funny. I remember when he said his name, I'm just like, Eric, I'm like, really? So you're both named Ross? That's funny. Yeah, it's just a coincidence. I mean, I guess in real life, too, you're going to run into multiple Matts and multiple Joels and multiple people with the same last name than yours. It's just in movies, they try not to do that just to not to make uh, confusion. Yeah. Also, like with um, General Ross, we like kind of found out why he hasn't been around. That's because he had a heart attack. He had a heart attack. I'm like, oh, there you go. That that's all. Yeah, while thing. playing golf. <laughs> and it seems to have changed his perspective. Like he's not as mean anymore. He actually no. is somewhat trying to help. And it gets even funnier when he's like, "But, but do you know where the Hulk is, though?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, do, do you know where Banner is? But, I'll, but I'll give you give you some money for if you know, <laughs> tell me where Banner. Because <laughs> yeah, no, really. I really hate him. If you couldn't tell, <laughs> yeah, he fucked my daughter. He done sex and did my daughter, and I'm angry now. You wouldn't like to see me when I'm angry. <laughs> Man, I hope he turns into Red Hulk at some point. I mean, do, do it in the, do it in the Thunderbolts movie. Make that a thing where he's like, no, I can't trust superpowered individuals anymore. So I'm going to become a superpowered individual now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be the captain. Eric Raw or uh, Raw Smash. Yeah, or, or yeah, or we should also talk about like a lot of people sort of expected the death of Captain America because yeah. that's kind of what happens at the end of Civil War. And, well, it happens you know, the death of Captain America. Yeah, but yeah, which is a resort of Civil which War, which is a fallout of Civil War. Yes. Yeah. Um. But technically, he did die. Like the character of Captain America is dead. Steve is no longer Captain America. He's He's technically a nomad. Yeah, really. But here's hoping they don't go. Hopefully, he calls himself <laughs> U.S. agent. <laughs> no, well, like I, I've been saying, like they need to bring in John Walker now, uh, the U.S. agent. They were like, "Oh, we don't have a Captain America now. We need to appear that we do have, still have a Captain America." So let's bring in John Walker because uh, we've seen, obviously, uh, in Jessica Jones that Nuke guy and like Ooh, how yes. they were doing and everything. There's so other could super be, like, soldier programs out there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it could be like an offshoot of that, and they bring him in to be Captain America, and he goes kind of insane, and yeah. Kind of, kind of like really the cool. grand dictator, like that 80s Captain America who they retconned away to saying, yeah, that was a fake Captain America. Yeah, and then they should also like bring back someone who was cast, or who was like auditioned for Captain America to oh, be that would be US smart. agent. Like John Krasinski. Oh, he needs that would to be. be smart. That would be really smart. Yeah. There's, there's so many ways you could go for a Cap 4, and yet in many ways I'm like, you know what, maybe don't make a Cap 4, because this is a genuinely great superhero trilogy, something you never really get to say. Yeah, it's like, it's perfect. Every, every movie got better and better. And everyone was an escalation of the other one. Yeah. What a, what a great fake-out, too, with those Winter Soldiers. As soon as I saw them, I'm like, yep, this is where the movie's gonna go now. It's gonna be a big fight against these Winter Soldier guys. Oh, wait, they're all dead. <laughs> Yeah, he killed them all. It was never his plan all along. Yeah, geez, what a what, what, what a freaking swerve! 
You know, that was such a good swerve, I forgave the whole, you know, oh, the big final push was that Winter Soldier killed the Starks. And I'm like, yeah, I know, because I paid attention during Winter Soldier. <laughs> but it, it wasn't even so much the fact that that was the twist. It was the fact that uh, Steve knew and he lied about it and he didn't tell Tony about it. Yeah, I thought that scene was really great. It's, it's like you figure that would be the first thing you would tell your friend, but it's like, no, this would destroy him if I told him that. Yeah, and he says that in that letter he writes to Tony at the end. Yeah. That was that was great. And he's got like the bat phone now. Yeah, no 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 cap phone. <laughs> <laughs> how uh, how great is it too that we finally got to see the raft and I'm like, "Good, you have a super uh villain prison now for the love of God, start putting your villains in that." Yeah, that was great. It's and yet in yet another moment from the comic too, Tony locked up all of his friends. It's just he didn't lock them up in the negative zone. Yeah, that scene where he goes to the prison and like and like Clint chews him out is great. Clint kind of becomes Daredevil in that moment, where he's like, "No, yeah. watch, watch your back, everyone. He might break it." Yeah, that, that it sort of makes sense as well that he would become because he's like got a family and everything, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, and Tony decided just to lock him up. How, uh, isn't it funny that uh, Hawkeye, the most simplistic of all the Avengers, gets like a new costume every movie? Yeah, the costumes have been great as well. I, I really liked this last one. I'm like, there you go. There's a winner. There's a good one. Yeah, that's great. Uh, now, we, now we just need like a uh, a Marvel one shot of him playing golf. Yeah, is all and, you and shooting shooting eighteen. I love that idea that Hawkeye can't uh, get used to regular civilian life. Where it's like, yeah, I'm too good at stuff. <laughs> I'm basically the ultimate human. Like, like I am arguably the shittiest of the Avengers, but I'm like the best normal person ever. Yeah, and, and then we got, like, the Ant-Man, Hawkeye, Arrow as well. Oh, amazing. Yeah, and it was set up, and it was set up as well, so it, it emulated the comic book cover as well. Uh, I'm your conscience, Tony. We don't talk very much. That was a great scene. And I uh, like in the jail how, how um, Scott goes, Hank Pym never said you could trust the Stark. And, and Tony's like, who are you? Who, who are you who? again? <laughs> Oh, man. I, I hope that becomes a thing in Ant-Man and Wasp in the next movie. He's like, and I met Tony Stark, and he was very mean to me. <laughs> he was. A real... I can just imagine, like, like the just before, like when uh, Cap calls him up and everything. He's like, he's like, Hank, I need to go help. To, I need to go help Captain America. He's in trouble. He's like, you can't, Scott. You can't use the suit for whatever reason and everything. But Tony Stark is trying to kill him. He's like, here, take this new suit. Go kill Tony Stark, that no. asshole. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck him and you know, his dad. It, it, it's hilarious because I thought, like, obviously, you know, with, with the work that you and I do, it's hard to go in a movie without shit being spoiled for you. And uh, one of the things people spoiled when I was reading, it's like, oh, yeah, and Spider-Man fights a giant man in the movie. And I'm like, oh, seriously? Holy shit. Uh, I, re I really can't believe that Michael Douglas is going to be giant man. Obviously, it wasn't him, but... We did get a version of Giant Man, although in my heart of hearts, I'm like, man, how hilarious it would have been if Michael Douglas came out and became <laughs> Giant Man. Hi, it's me. Fucking fighting in my fucking airport. It's me, Michael Douglas, the Giant Man. Oh, <laughs> uh, that would have been creepy. <laughs> but Michael, can you get a little louder on that? No. Uh, smash Douglas smash that, that that giant man stuff was awesome as that, well that was that was great it, it's amazing too that they pull it out here because you figure that's like that's that's your big moment for Ant-Man 2 but no they pull it out here yeah yeah well like in um in Civil War there was giant giant man but then like he ended up getting killed by that creepy clone Thor yeah Ragnarok Thor 
Or no, that, yeah. that, that wasn't Giant Man. That was Goliath who got... Uh, who oh, got yeah, yeah. That was Goliath, yeah. Uh, Hank Pym, Giant Man, was in that story, but he was on Tony's side, and we found out later he was a Skrull, and comics are weird. Yeah. Comics are fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> but this this movie was not weird. This this movie was fun. This movie was really cool. Hits so many notes, just perfectly does so many things uh, that, I mean, that, that you wouldn't expect it to do. And, I mean, it makes it all seem just, like, like seamless and, you know, makes it seem almost, like, like easy, like they've got it down to a science now. Yeah, and, and, and again, it's like a movie that was earned. It's not... Something you just like go mm. head first into. This was this took what like thirteen movies to build you, up to. You couldn't have had Civil War, and it wouldn't have been as good if not for like the thirteen odd movies that preceded it. Yeah, because they they're pretty much all referenced in this oh, yeah. film. It's it's like, weird and interesting too. You know, a lot of people complain, and I've kind of come around to it too. That you know, Ultron, while enjoyable, was a pretty bloated summer blockbuster. Hilariously, you know, Civil War is the truer sequel to the original Avengers, and yet you could not have Civil War if not for Ultron. It was an integral piece of the puzzle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even even the small stuff, again, uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision get a mini-movie in this much bigger movie. Yeah, that stuff was great. Of Especially, them- like, the, the Vision-Hawkeye fight. Mm-hmm. How futile it was. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, totally. I-, I love, like, them living together and him trying to approximate humanity and for Vision, oh, how do I be human? I'll, I'll wear a sweater. You, humans wear sweaters, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and like a kerchief. And <laughs> Am I human enough yet? Is this what humans do? <laughs> yeah, I'm just like a geometry teacher. Man, and... when he stepped out, I laughed, and I'm like, that's good. Vision in a sweater is just an amazing image. <laughs> also, let's face it, too. It probably helped the makeup team, too. It means they didn't have to make him up all that much. Like, just, just put him in a sweater. Yeah, yeah. Just put him in a sweater, it's fine. And him, like, trying to cook, and like, use a pinch. What is a pinch? A pinch is not an actual measurement. What is a pinch? <laughs> I am a robot. This makes no sense to me. And then them even implying near the end of the movie that he's actually becoming more human. Yeah, yeah, like, he starts having feelings for Wanda. Like, that's that's one of the reasons why he accidentally shot War Machine. Hell, at this point, if they wanted to do, like, a Scarlet Witch Vision spinoff movie, I would happily watch that. Yeah, yeah, I would as well. I'd happily watch a movie just about them. Well, I imagine, like, he's going to be a big part of Infinity War since he has an Infinity Gem, like, in his his forehead, so, yeah. Right in his head hole. Hell, I can imagine that being a sad moment where Thanos rips that off his head and he dies. I don't think he will die. I think they'll, like, replace... I think he'll be gone for a little part, but come back for, like, big end battle. Oh, of course he will. Tony will put, like, a a solar gem or something in, like, like something from the comics. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, really, what what more can you say about Civil War? I mean, just it was great. It was great. It was awesome. Yeah, Yeah, it was really cool movie, and it's got... Immountable rewatchability as well. It really does. You know, I, I happily watched it twice, and it was—it wasn't like I noticed new stuff like I did with other movies, but I appreciated it more. I appreciated the worksmanship of it. Yeah, and it's just fun. And as of well. course, and of course, if you're a Community fan, yes, the Russo brothers loaded it up with Community references and Community actors. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. You got you got all that going on there. Um. Yeah, don't just don't know what more to say about. Oh, here you go. Uh, I know some people would argue, and uh, I, I mean this is totally a worthy argument to have that Winter Soldier might have been a little bit better. I know Rich Evans, who we like so much from Red Letter Media, he yeah. made that argument. Where do you stand on that? 
It's kind of hard to compare them because they're two vastly different films. They are, and then it's like the classic sequelitis problem there, where it's like, you know, yeah, sure, you could argue Winter Soldier is better because it's tighter and because you saw it first. Yeah, yeah, and less characters, you got more time with these certain characters and everything, it, but yeah. It, it, it is shocking, too, where it's like, man, they built two huge movies all around Winter Soldier. Mm, yeah. Well, I, again, like, you sort of do need two movies for him, because, like, his story, like... Was huge. The Ed Brubaker one was, yeah, it was massive. It, it, it was an epic that took years to finish. It, it's just kind of funny that it's like, yeah, we built two huge, wildly successful movies around Bucky Barnes' The Winter Soldier, where in the comics he had kind of sat on the shelf for the longest time after his heyday. Yeah. And he's only now coming back to prominence, leading his own Thunderbolts team and everything because of all the cool shit that's been going on in the movies. Hell, they've even changed his costume to look more like his movie costume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like in Thunderbolts, it's like, oh, he's just wearing his movie costume now, which his movie costume looks a lot like his, uh, like his comic costume, just a different interpretation of it. So they interpreted it one way, then interpreted it back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that's more or less the show. Uh, any any parting thoughts, Matt? Uh, no, just damn good movie. If you haven't seen it, then I don't know why. Seems and, like everyone yeah. in the world has seen it now. Yeah, yeah. Any, uh, I mean, any news from last week that you really wanted to talk about that you never got a chance to? Because because uh, there was actually a lot of stuff that happened last week. Um, I can't remember what happened last week. I know, I know. Right, it's so long ago. Who can who can fucking remember? Uh, uh, stuff happened, and it was good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's just you said it perfectly, man. You took the words right out of my mouth on that one. So, uh, yeah, Jesus Christ, we might actually be ending this one a little earlier than usual for me on my end, but uh, you can't say you didn't get a jam-packed, meaty show for the ages, one that you can now listen to on, what was that website again, Matt? Podbean. Podbean on Tuesday. I will make a habit of uploading that when I wake up late in the afternoon, whenever I wake up, because I'm a lazy <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> but yes, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this all-new episode of the Comic Multiverse. I hope you enjoyed it. Down in the comment section below, be sure to like, comment, favorite, subscribe, do all that other social media stuff. Uh, social media stuff, uh, more important than ever now to follow Matt and myself on Twitter and Facebook and what have you because I will be tweeting the Podbean links when those are up so you can get that and you can listen to the show a whole day early for those awesome. who really like it. So, uh, yeah, everybody, uh, that'll just about do it for me and Matt. Uh, see you next time. See ya. Bye-bye.